Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to the Power Station. This is Under Consultation, an episode by episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen. Let's get sweaty. And I am Ash Versus, and I've been expecting you. Uh, and today we are joined uh, a very, very special guest because we never thought, I mean, we've said this a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks, never thought we'd be here talking about a brand new series of Games Master. Never did I think we'd also be speaking with the showrunner of that show. Please welcome uh, to Under Consultation, uh, Kian McKillicutty. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. No worries at all, pleasure. So you will be potentially a new name to a lot of people that grew up with Games Master. Obviously, it's a brand new show, a brand new era. Can you give us a little bit of backstory about yourself, a little bit of history? How did you get to, I guess, this point in time? Well, in terms of my history with Games Master, I'm just a fan. So I'm 38 now, so I'm obviously in prime Games Master fan age, <laughs> as, as you guys will know. I was just, I just grew up, you know, coming up from school um, and, you know, rushing to watch it, like, you know, every week. It just it was just one of those synonymous things in my childhood. I loved gaming when I was, you know, particularly when I was really young. We had a Game Boy. That was the first thing that we were allowed. My parents were the sort of people that didn't really didn't really like computers. They were a bit worried. They were a bit concerned. Are these going to melt our minds? You know that kind of generation. Game Boy was the first one that we were allowed, and we had one between me and my two brothers. Which obviously was carnage. <laughs> it's not. It's uh, not not that uh, shareable a device. And then we had SNES, N64, um, PlayStation, PlayStation Two. They, they were probably the main main ones for me. And then a Wii, obviously into the into the noughties. So I was I was gaming throughout my childhood, right up until university, really. Where in order to get any work done, I had to take all my consoles back, like to my parents' house, and stick them in the attic. And be like, I'm so, I just can't get any work done because I just I just keep playing LMA Manager. So I, I took them home 
uh, apart from the PlayStation 2, I took that to my mate's house at uni under the guise of, oh, guys, I'll just leave this here and we can just play when I come over. And they're like, oh, that's so good of you. So they didn't get any work done, but I got loads done. So it was a cynical move on my part. And uh, we had lots of late night um, uh, FIFA and wrestling battles mainly, which would usually involve um, me losing and walking straight out the door. Um, <laughs> like literally, I, I couldn't turn to see their like smug faces. So having then like, left uni and got into my career, I didn't have time basically to game as much as I did. As a lot of us, you, you sort of enter adulthood and responsibilities come in and, and you don't have as much time to do it. But the love of gaming has always stayed and the love for the world of it. And, and basically the, the sort of the, the geek world in a way, like the world of just being so passionate about something, you know loads about it and you just live and breathe it. And for me, that's mostly film. I've always been obsessed with film and, and comedy. But, uh, but uh, gaming has always remained there as a real sort of big soft spot. And then, so in terms of my career, like why I've been asked to do this is because my background is mostly in scripted, really making scripted programs. I'm a, a creator, writer and director, particularly in comedy. I made a series called Top Copies for the BBC that's uh, now on Netflix. I co-created and co-wrote that with my writing partner, Andy Kinnear. He edits and I direct. And so we sort of have... Um, a sort of Coen Brothers type relationship, albeit on be a far less successful level. <laughs> but um, but the dynamic works the same. In that uh, we sort of just really commit wholeheartedly to what we make with uh, a sense of soul and personality to the show itself. As a viewer, I think people like to watch something that has genuine human character to it, because that's what we enjoy to watch as other humans, you know, because we relate to them and put yourself in their situation. And that's always very much the direction was, was scripted and, and you know you find who's your lead character why do you love them why why do you want to know the end of their story but that's not often afforded to entertainment in the same way people don't usually look at entertainment the same way and so a big part of my career is taking a scripted sensibility and applying it to entertainment shows so i've sort of built a bit of a reputation of creating entertainment shows with a, a heart and a soul at the center of it so when people watch it, they realize, oh, this isn't cynical. This is real. This, you know, this is done with love and passion and, and respect. In the channel, felt I'd be right for it because they, they wanted to approach it right. You know, this is a, a treasured nostalgia product, you know, that so many people still love and adore. And rightly so, because it was so original and so creative and unusual and exciting for that. And so when I came on board, my immediate thing was, Obviously, we have to do this right. And that means do it with soul and totally embrace the character of Games Master. Like, as in, not just the character of the character of Games Master, but the character of the show itself. And make it right for 2021. The gaming world has changed hugely. So, obviously, you can't make the show exactly as it was in the 90s. That wouldn't make any sense. And you have to make it for now. And you need to make it to satisfy the audiences that remember Games Master and people of our age as well as new people that might come to it people that aren't familiar with that not not only not familiar with games master but not familiar so much with that era almost mm. gaming and, and, and more into you know the newer stuff so when i was asked if i'd like to come on board i obviously didn't hesitate for a second because well it's games master i mean and that was that seemed to be the answer to then anyone like <laughs> came on board say well you know would you like to do this everyone was like well it's games master so it was a no-brainer. 
So we've introduced you as a showrunner, which is a, a very, uh, I guess, American television term. It's becoming more and more common in the UK. In fact, the first one I can really think of is back in 2005 when Russell T. Davis brought back Doctor Who and was the showrunner. Could you give us a quick overview of what being a showrunner involves from your perspective? Yeah, so showrunner really is lead executive producer on a project um, that oversees everything creatively to um, align everything. So, you know, to bring a certain character and consistency across the whole series. So you get them for big American dramas generally. And so whereas they have lots of directors across individual episodes, the showrunner will be there to make sure they're consistent across them all. And so that's why I came on board this is my first time in, in the role of a showrunner because my history is as a writer, a producer and director. That's essentially what a showrunner is, someone that writes, produces and directs. So I'm it, it, broken down in a more simple way. I'm an executive producer and the series director. The, the, the news of like a reboot of Games Master possibly coming about sort of happened earlier this year. I think it, it was found out by the internet by accident um, and then uh, exacerbated by people like Ash and I doing podcasts about it and then websites picked up on it and stuff. But um, obviously you went in the, the process at that point, but when when was the first time you sort of heard about, did you hear about the news then and sort of what was your reaction to it? No, it's a, that's interesting. I, so I didn't hear about the news then no, I only knew about it when I got contacted. Um, I, I got a, a message from John Farrow, from um, the exec from um, Future, and uh, I was on a train back from a shoot in, in Newcastle, and he sent me this message saying, would you be interested in this? And it was a document attached on WhatsApp that said Gamesmaster. It was called Gamesmaster. And my immediate thought was, well, why have you made a show and called it Gamesmaster? Like, <laughs> there's a famous show called Gamesmaster. That's stupid. <laughs> Like, why would you do that? Like, everyone's going to get be well confused. And then I opened it up and went, "Oh my god, it's Games Master!" And, you know, so that was an amazing moment. So I was immediately like, uh, "Yeah, like, when do we start?" <laughs> what then happened was, of course, then I, then I went and looked online, and and I discovered about that um, that leak. Obviously, that was like an advert looking for a brand partner. So uh, you know, some details sort of got out that way. But it turned out to be the most fantastic thing because there was an inordinate amount of comments online about the idea of games master coming back and as soon as i came on board my very first thing was research you know obviously i knew the show as a fan but i needed to re like refresh my memory like obviously there was seven series of it and some of those I, d I didn't remember as well i remembered the earlier days better than the, some of the later ones and so i needed to refresh my memory of it and immediately just started researching and i found all of these amazing comments uh, as a result of this leak and I was able to get a really good sense of how fans of the show would see it and, and what they prioritised, what they liked, what they didn't like. And thankfully, it was aligning with all of my instincts. And that was great confirmation that my instinct of how I should approach it was right. Obviously, part of that research was contacting people out there that are sort of known for their associations with the show, be it through sort of working on the show or big fans. So you guys as well, I think we can all be honest, I made contact with you both and said, this could be happening. <laughs> obviously, I knew it was happening, but I couldn't say to guys <laughs> like, this could be happening. Um, would you guys be up for chat? And obviously, you, you, you both um, really kindly gave up some of your time just for us to talk. You know, we talked through what you would like to see from a new version of Games Master. And that was really important to me. Like, what do fans of the original want to see in a new show? You know, it's, it's very easy, someone in my position to 
almost get a bit cocky and arrogant about it and go, yeah, I know what it needs. I don't need to ask anyone. But actually having a bit of humility to, to speak to other people and, and, and other fans and fans who admittedly would be bigger fans than me. Like I was a fan, but I'm not, you know, I'm not recording a podcast where you'd spend two or three hours breaking down one half an hour episode of a show from the 90s, like every week. I mean, you guys are hardcore and that's amazing. And, I, and like, I, that just makes my heart explode. I love that devotion, that heart for something. And it's like, they're the sort of people I want to talk to about this because if, if it's right for you guys, given how much you clearly love the show, then it means I'm doing something right. I mean, just to kind of, I guess, skip ahead slightly in time, when we came down for the third day of filming, there was a number of different times throughout that day when we were introduced to people as, oh, these are the podcast guys. And I said <laughs> Luke a couple of times, I'm just like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. We're going to get found out at some point and they're just going to realise we're not all that. And <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys are like Games Master celebs now. Yeah, we just got away with it for so long because we're the only Games Master podcast in town. <laughs> we, we said to the guy that was doing uh, your green screen stuff, Mm. It's like we are the presenters of the highest and lowest rated Games Master podcast because we are the only Games Master podcast. And so we are both <laughs> the best and worst podcast out there. But it was when you first approached us, I think, because we got the message from you and there was an immediate flurry of messages between myself and Luke. Just first of all, is this for real? It's not not to disbelieve you, but it's a case <laughs> of this is just a voice on the Internet. And so yeah. then we, we dove Kind of basically, we started Googling you to find out who you were. And, it's and not what, hard to find stuff about me when you Google my name. <laughs> but it means that, you know, obviously we found out and we're like, oh, well, this guy appears to be on the level. So we'll talk with you. And obviously we knew about the stuff earlier in the year. Mm. And um, yeah, I think we were both incredibly flattered to be asked because, I mean, yes, we do do this podcast, but also we are just two voices on the internet. So it was it was lovely to be approached. But when I was doing research... I obviously read a bit of your bio, mm. and there's something from early in your career I want to ask you about. Okay. <laughs> Gator and Gator 2, he's back. <laughs> yeah, epic. Please tell us and our audience, what was Gator and Gator 2? Gator and Gator 2, guys, all right, they were epic B-movies made by me and my brother Tyke and my I think my older brother Ryan maybe on camera. So... Location-wise, um, living room, kitchen, garden mostly. Props, an inflatable alligator lilo, which we brought back from, I think, a holiday in New Yorker. Um, and uh, it was basically about this inflatable alligator just going around the house eating um, members of the family. So my brother Tig was the heroine of the piece. Lots of high-pitched screaming. I think my dad got eaten, my mom, my granny. Everyone got eaten by this inflatable Alligator Lila. I mean, I'm trying to remember what the sequel involved because everyone was dead after the first one. So <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I don't know who it was eating. But, uh, but the, I had a very misspent childhood making a lot of, um, I say misspent, it's led to my career, so maybe not, but uh, making a lot of little um, short, like uh, silly sort of comedy shorts and stuff like that. And, and yeah, as I say, B-movies, so Gator and Gator 2 is back, was amongst them. One of the things that we talked about in our first conversation that we had uh, on Zoom was you mentioned that you went back and watched old episodes. Like you mm. know, came on to Hire On, so you went on to uh, YouTube, much like Ash and I do, to kind of watch back. And, you know, we've been talking about these episodes at great length. We're now just, you know, about to approach the fifth series of the show. What were your 
sort of reactions to it now watching it through a 2021 lens um and and how did that sort of inform the meetings that you then had about the the new version it's funny really because as you guys i think have found we all sort of uh, sometimes have slightly hazy memories and we mix up references like i think when we chatted before you guys said how funny how sometimes people say well, isn't it weird that it was like a church on an oil ring you know, and they sort of mix up the series references. Um, and I wasn't doing that. I did I did remember the separations, but um, watching it back and, and certainly how it all progressed through the different series, like actually seeing how it did change quite a lot and uh, researching all the behind the scenes of that, like what the politics were happening behind the scenes with like um, Hewland International and all the stuff which as a kid I never would have taken any interest in. But now as someone who works in the industry, I was, I was quite interested to know what the, the story is behind. It was... a quite enlightening but like it furthered what i instinctively felt which was uh, how much creativity and and love and, and passion went into it um because they weren't making a run-of-the-mill show and it, it did push the envelope with a lot of stuff and it, it felt free it just felt free to just do what it likes <laughs> and and i think that was the joy. It's like, and, it, and it's like, oh, it's reminding me actually why I love this so much. I mean, the opening to series two, like, there's the one, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen on television. It's such an elaborate technical joke, and it's brilliant. It's and, and I was like, that's that's the sort of the heart of Games Master. Like, it's weird and it's a, a law unto itself. And that so that was the thing that I took away from it really. And, and in my discussions then with the production company with the channel was like it, it has to continue in the spirit of that because that was the spirit of games master and you can't sanitize it you can't strip it away and you can't make it corporate you know it's it's still got to be just a bit weird a bit surprising and its own world really i've sort of seen it like if channel four is the house and all the shows in it are me members of the family then games master should be the sort of the black sheep that lives in the attic you know <laughs> it, 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 it shouldn't feel comfortable sitting around the dinner table with the the, the rest of the you know squeaky clean <laughs> members of the family like it should feel a bit uh unusual and for and for people you know it's for everyone like and it can be enjoyed by everyone and we've made it so it can be enjoyed by people who don't even know games or are not familiar with games we've been very conscious to do that so that you can still follow and understand it but for people that are really into games all the details are there for them too. You know? um, so be very conscious of that. But it was always a show for people that maybe felt a bit other than, and, and they felt they weren't part of the, the cool gang and, and, and the cliques. And, and it was always like a safe space, I think, for people who, who felt part of that world. And it's very much continuing to be that place. So you had first meetings. You had meetings with, obviously, uh, Channel 4 with Future... Uh, with fans like us and people that were involved in the production of the show. Mm. Then I guess the production meeting started rolling. Let's talk about your broadcast team. Let's talk about your hosts. Okay, yeah. How did you go about, well, one, I guess, deciding on what turned into a three-person broadcast team? And then how did you go about deciding what sort of team you wanted to put together? So, well, part of my research, I was really pleased to see that a lot of people were very eager to see a lot more re representation um, on Games Master um, versus how it was in the 90s. Obviously, nothing wrong with how it was in the 90s. I think that, that was very much the era. Um, I don't believe in, in judging 
things of the past by today's standards. I don't think that's fair. But it, it obviously was very largely male, dominatingly white. That's not entirely the, the true picture. They did have a lot of women on. They did have a lot of um, people of diverse backgrounds um, on the show. But uh, I think the, the image of it was very much white male. So, so that was something we knew, obviously, for 2021. We do need to be more representative. And that's not just, you know, a TV industry sort of buzzword or, or like just the in vogue thing. It, it's an important thing in, in British society. You know, we are a very eclectic country of people with various rich backgrounds. And it makes a big difference for people when they can see people on television that they can relate to and uh, from their background and, and can aspire to. So, so that was an important thing for us all and for the channel. And also to represent the gaming world because the gaming world uh, isn't just white males. The gaming world is hugely diverse in all respects. So we knew we wanted a team. So um, we set about trying to find, okay, what would be the right balance of that? And what we came to was, we, you know, we needed, we need someone at the forefront who can represent that, that, that kind of character that, that of the show that we're saying it has that acerbic nature. And, and we also needed someone who has an unbelievable gaming knowledge and encyclopedic knowledge of games. And we need someone that has that sort of, just that youthful energy and, and who's relatable to the younger gamers of today. But the cohesive thing we needed across the board with all three is they had to be gamers. Us and the channel didn't want anyone who is just sort of a big name on telly. You know, it had to come, like gaming had to come first because again, that's the heart of the show. And so it was very important that all three of them were gamers, but sort of represented the different sides of gaming because there's so many different sides. So with Rab Florence, obviously you've got really funny, like imaginative, unusual, creative, um, dry, uh, as in dry-witted, and just a really exciting sort of talent. Um, but most of all, a huge, huge gamer. Like, he's got this huge pedigree in gaming, and is, you know, he's been talking about games, reviewing them online for like almost 20 years. You can't deny his authority in, in, the, in the gaming world. So that was huge for me. I thought that's really important. And he's largely not known outside of Scotland. I mean, in Scotland, he's, he's huge. Um, and, you know, he's a Scottish BAFTA winning writer, creator, actor, director. He's huge. And, and uh, so when I first spoke to him, I was really excited because we have a sort of a synergy in that he, he has written, created and, and directed shows as well that he would be very close to and tied to. So how I am with Top Coppers is very much how he is with Berniston. And I really love that because I know what it takes to make something like that, as in how dedicated you have to be and to really love what you're making and how it has to be right and, and go above and beyond. And I thought, well, that's someone I want at the heart of this. And when I spoke to him, it was exactly what I hoped, which is that Games Master is really important to him. And he's never auditioned for anything in his life. And he auditioned for Games Master. As I mentioned before, because when asked, oh, why did you audition for this? He said, well, it's Games Master. <laughs> so I knew sort of Rab was our man and, and, and we worked together brilliantly um, on this. He's an absolute gentleman. And despite how he comes across on screen, he's actually quite sweet. He's, he's quite a sweet guy. But his persona is obviously with a lot more edge, which is great. It's exactly what you want. Obviously, so once we had Rab, like, okay, 
onto the team that uh, comes around that. And uh, at the same time as meeting Rab, we met Frankie Ward, and that was also a complete no-brainer. Obviously, also has got massive pedigree in in the industry and in the esports world in particular, hugely respected, and has got an encyclopedic knowledge of games that challenges Rab's. As you'll see in the show, Rab defers to her most of the time <laughs> on stuff. You know, he's got amazing knowledge, but there's so many sort of details of games and, and the, in the challenges where he's having to defer to her. So, well, how's this work? And she always knows the answer. She, uh, she's unbelievable. Um, and again, um, uh, uh, amazingly passionate, loved games master, knew it you know, had to be right. It's the sort of person on board. And then Ty Logan, um, sort of sealed up three, who is a huge a casual gamer, as in, you know, he's very much in the world of FIFA and Grand Theft Auto. When we met him um, and uh, Rab and um, Frankie chatting to him and he said he was into Grand Theft Auto and they were like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, what businesses have you got? And he's like, I've got all the businesses, good <laughs> and bad. And then sort of listing off all of his <laughs> his whole monopoly of businesses that he worked up in, uh, in, in GTA. <laughs> Rab will probably hate me for saying this, but... When they when they first met, they did have a game of FIFA together, and Ty did thrash him seven <laughs> um, He totally owed, <laughs> owed him. <laughs> um, so I'm surprised he still got the job. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. <laughs> so the, you've now got the host. You've got a sort of a, a format of the show. Like, so when you were like watching the episodes, did you say like, okay, well, we need to have this, we need to have this, we need to have this, but we can probably get rid of these segments when you sort of like putting together what the, the format of your new version is going to be? Mm. So yeah, we sort of had a look at, you know, what was in the original show and what would work now and what wouldn't. I think as a lot of people have suspected, the, the consultation zone is a tricky thing in 2021. And we did, we did, look, at, we did look at whether the consultation zone could work in some form. In the end, it, it doesn't. It would feel like we're trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. We felt actually, no. Let's not, you know, try and push something for nostalgia's sake. If you're not going to sort of build on it um, and sort of bring something new, um, and it's just going to feel like outright nostalgia, then it's not quite the right thing because that's almost not fair to the original. And so we sort of felt in the end, the consultation zone was such a beautifully unique thing for the original and for its time. 
that we should probably protect that and then leave that, you know, in the annuals of history. So in our version, just as the Games Master always did, he introduces the challenges. But this time around, he meets the challengers, the people who are taking on the challenge. They appear in his lair and they have a little sort of ominous pre-chat. I suppose the one thing we, we probably should ask when it comes to hosting is the name Dominic Diamonds. Mm. And, uh, you know, did you did you speak to Dominic in the, in the lead up to the production? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dominic's synonymous with Games Master, as, as everyone knows. And, you know, he lived and breathed it in, in the 90s. And, what, and with what's happening with his and Jack Templeton's book, an oral history is is amazing. And, and you know, I'm really hoping to get a copy myself <laughs> if, if I can. And it shows just how much it still means to him. So thankfully we were able to find some time with him because, you know, he's very busy. Uh, he's a family man now and he's over in Canada. Um, but he, he made some time for us, which was uh, really lovely of him and had a great chat about the show. So it really helped with creating that identity for the 2021 version and making sure that it was still within the, the Games Master canon and is continuing that and not just not just disregarding what came before, but following on from what came before, of which our setting is a big part of that. Because obviously from church, oil rig, prison, hell, heaven, Atlantis, desert island to power station. Which does actually lead nicely onto our next question. Location, location, location. You said it's the power station. We now have that word to use in our Games Master lexicon, which I'm I'm very, very happy about. And also we gather that we have gatekeepers now as well? Yes, we've got gatekeepers. Our characters who bring out the gong joysticks, just like in the original show, where there was always you know, a character for that particular setting. But the gatekeepers have more responsibilities than just the gong joysticks this time, because something we wanted to do was add to the lore of, of Games Master. Because we thought, well, if people win, they win a gold joystick, that's great. But if they lose, they shouldn't just get to leave. You know, no one should just get to leave. It's like, there's got to be higher stakes. If, you, if you're going to get to win a gold joystick, that's big. So what are you putting on the line? And we thought, okay, well, gold joysticks are so valuable. What's the only thing that is equally valuable? Their life. So, <laughs> so people are putting their lives on the line. Because if they fail in this series of Games Master... They face the abyss. And uh, that's just not somewhere you want to go. And you, you'll have to watch to find out what that entails. Yeah, it's funny, we actually, the trailer came out yesterday um, when we were recording this. And um, both Ash and I found ourselves in the trailer, which we were pretty thrilled about. Yes, <laughs> how I spotted you. <laughs> and the uh, the shot that I had, the, the one I, I had of me, was next to one of the gatekeepers who reached out to me and told me, like, that's me, that's my arm. And I was like, oh my God, you guys were so great. Because when we went to the set and we saw there were people in cloaks, me and Ash both were like, that's great. Oh, that's really, really cool that they've got these characters there. Yeah, that was a really important part for me. Yeah, that, that's uh, uh, Lucy Fryer is her name, plays that gatekeeper. She's a streamer herself a friend of mine and she just wanted to do it because the love of games master so uh, this is this is what i mean the uh even the gatekeepers are people who are doing because they love games master so much there's a real like love and a heart behind the whole thing really it's um it's, it's, it's so exciting to make it, it was kind of funny because they uh they followed us on twitter just after the recording or we followed them there was some exchange of, of following mm. And it's like, oh, they were clearly at the tapings. We were at the tapings. And then it was literally only yesterday of like, oh, we actually talked while you were robed up. Because I think, <laughs> I think it might have been her. There was the staff 
that was being carried. But I actually got clonked with it when they were going past. <laughs> and so there was a brief kind of like, sorry, I'm like, it's fine. I should have moved a bit. But, uh... Yeah, that's. Uh, I did ask her to do that. That was, <laughs> awesome. that was very important, yeah. <laughs> awesome. The uh, class action lawsuit will be on its way. Oh, yeah, please do, yeah. <laughs> so we have the gatekeeper's we have the power station. Let's talk the location of the power station because it is quite a special place. So where it was set, obviously, the theme was really important. We knew we didn't want to just go back to anywhere the original series did because, again, that's not the spirit of it. It was always reinventing. It was always going somewhere new. So we're like, okay, we need to go somewhere new but obviously stay within the realm of Games Master. It still needs to feel like Games Master. So started seeking what that would be and I put together a sort of vision document, like the channel, a concept of a power station. And, and I said, I think this feels like the right thing. It's not a setting that the original series had between church, oil rig, prison, hell, heaven, Atlantis, desert island. And they're also, you know, brilliantly imaginative. So it's like we need somewhere which is some, something that we can do justice to, but obviously is original still. And I thought power station, you know, but that, it, it sort of makes sense. It, it harks to a lot of the sort of industrial... Uh, feeling of particularly the earlier series so we set about trying to find a location and uh, it took a little while took a little while but we're struck upon Crossness pumping station when I first looked around it with one of the volunteers there I sort of had to really play it cool just be like oh yeah okay yeah it might work but inside I was going oh my god it's perfect <laughs> and I was freaking out at how just unbelievably incredibly amazing this place um, looked and, and it just screamed games faster it was just it was almost like, how was it never shot here before? It's this Victorian pumping station. So it's been there such a long time, been decommissioned for so long, but it's now it's like a museum. And they've one side of it they've kept in all of its sort of beautiful sort of rusted form. And it's just stunning. It's just this stunning space. And everyone there, lovely. Again, a place full of volunteers who are just, they're, they're pumping station geeks, just guys who love pumping stations. And they volunteer and work there. And I was like, well, this could be more Games Master. It's the same thing. It's love, passion, and, and fandom of something. Theirs happens to be about pumping stations. But I was like, well, this will be this will be a perfect sort of synergy, and and it worked and it worked really well. So we were able to use that, set it as our power station, because the room we were using is known as the Cathedral on the Marshes. It had sort of uh, sort of church-like elements that felt a bit Series One, and obviously it was a pumping station like how Series Two was shot at Sunbury pumping station. So it had elements there that felt similar in, in Hark Back to Series 2, but yet it was its its own identity. So it was it was like the perfect combination of everything, really. We arrived on the day of filming, and I think it was after, you know, we'd done our various check-ins and stuff, and we came and saw you on the set, and we were shown around a bit. And I say set because, realistically, there wasn't much on the set that was actually new. There was stuff there that I'm like, well, that's an interesting piece of set dressing. Knock, knock. Oh, that's solid metal. That's actually just part of the building. I mean, the trailer's out there, so hopefully people will get some glimpses of it. But you probably couldn't build a set that looked as good as this on a normal budget. It's absolutely astounding. No, yeah, absolutely. That's a, yeah. I was almost worried by the end. It's like, well, people just think we built this, and that it's again <laughs> cynical because we really didn't. That, this is like an authentic pumping station. I mean, just outside the doors, it did not smell particularly nice. <laughs> um, you know, we were next to a sewer. 
and we put ourselves through that because, because I mean, I put everybody through that. I should probably probably phrase it more like that, to be honest. Um, I put everyone else through that because I was so insistent it has to be this place. Thankfully, with the doors closed, it wasn't so bad. But uh, but you know, it it was very very real. In fact, the only thing that sort of was a prop, apart from the you know the the elements that we brought in, like the play playing desks and the commentary desk and stuff. The other thing that was there was the abyss chamber, which you'll see is this very sort of do domineering sort of chamber. A lot of people were calling it a cupboard. Now, that's it's not quite got the drama level to that. So I was like, oh, can we call it the chamber, please, guys? But um, but uh, it was just getting called the abyss cupboard. And I had to sort of give up at the end. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, that was actually a film prop from a film that had been shot there a few years before with Daniel Radcliffe called Victor Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Um, so mm. yeah, if anyone wants to, I haven't actually watched it to see if I can spot it yet. But if anyone wants to look back, they probably should, will find our abyss chamber <laughs> in there somewhere. I'm fairly certain I've got a copy of that somewhere. I'm going to have to go and dig it out and have <laughs> a look. Of course you have. <laughs> Sir Trevor MacDonald is the Games Master. It's one of those names where when I first saw it, my first reaction was, I didn't think of him. But then I'm like, that's the most obvious person it could be when you're looking for that combination of stature and gravitas. What can you tell us about the process of getting Sir Trevor MacDonald on board for the show? It's, it's, such, it's such a complicated role for Games Master to cast 23 years after it, it ended. Obviously, um, quite some time after Sir Patrick Moore left us, and knowing how to do that right, how to do that respectfully. So there was a, certainly a lot of discussion ar around it. And with Sir Trevor, he just just ticks all the boxes. You know, we're, we knew it was important that we didn't just try to do the exact same thing, um, but equally, he still needed to be the games master. It is a distinctive character. And for me, that was really important that it was somebody that wasn't just going to act the role, that, but that embodied their personality. Because Sir, Sir Patrick Moore, that really was his personality that was coming through. That was who he was. He's reading lines about things that he has no knowledge of, <laughs> no clue what they mean. And that was also part of the joy. And I was only saying to my girlfriend the other night, how that's such a British thing to love that the games master knows nothing about games. And for that to feel important to us, that <laughs> the games master shouldn't know anything about games. That's so British to love that and and to treasure that. I'm not sure if that's something internationally that would make a lot of sense. Like, but surely you want someone that has genuine knowledge, don't you? And we're like, no, no, they have to know nothing. That's what's so great. <laughs> and uh, that that's sort of how it felt to me. I was like, this needs to be a real personality, someone that has gravitas. Someone that you is a is an icon, a British icon that you respect, you love, um, and ideally doesn't really know anything about games, but but has that that gravitas, has that that you know that elevated sense of them. And like there's obviously there's quite there's, there's loads of contenders you know you can think of, but I don't feel like there's anyone that quite satisfies it like Sir Trevor McDonald. So so that was a no brainer. We mentioned earlier the trailer is now out uh, for the show. Uh, it dropped yesterday at the time that we're recording this. How um, did were you looking for the fan feedback online or um, like? Because I've spoken with people who've made like films before and it's like I don't want to hear any reviews whatsoever. Like I remember I re interviewed Paul W S Anderson about Mortal Kombat. And he was like, oh, when the film came out, I went to Hawaii because I just didn't want to see the reviews. I just, I, you know, I just sort of took myself away from them. So were you like looking for the fan feedback? And, and if you did, how have you found it all? 
Yeah, so um, obviously, yeah, because as you say, it only came out yesterday when at the time of recording this. So I, uh, the only chance I had because I was in in the um, edit in the uh, online for our first episode yesterday, I was reading them on the late train home, and I think it was assumed by a lot of people that this would be awful. <laughs> um, but I think let's let's face it, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to take on the challenge. So it's because I love the idea of trying to take something on where the first assumption is, oh god, oh god, no. Please don't. Because I felt confident, actually, no, we can do this because we can do it right. You just have to approach it correctly and with, with, as I say, love and respect. And so it was really nice seeing that pay off because I've seen, I've seen so many tweets and people saying things like, huh, this actually looks quite good. Um, oh. And I was like, yes, that's it. <laughs> that's what I'm after. And, and, and people spotting all the little touches and things we put in there to get across that, you know, this is a show made by gamers for gamers and it and and it's, it's been done with love from using the original gold joysticks you know i painstakingly researched like what do they use and it was the quick shop pros told that to the design team who just ordered as many as they could and and made up all the gold joysticks you know from those so that they were accurate to the originals and the people were spotting that from the trailer that that you know we have gone you know for the actual gold joysticks and you know to, to rabs let's get sweaty People spotting the you know it's a Shenmue reference and and hopefully getting across that you know it's got so much heart and passion um, behind it and uh, as I say everyone involved are Games Master fans so that, that that's been the drive behind everything. Yeah, I mean in all honesty, being you know, very open with you, we did an episode when the news was confirmed. This show is happening; it's going to be happening at this point. We asked for feedback on Twitter. We were like, we'll go through your comments and we'll read through them. There weren't a lot of ones that were positive. Like there were a lot of there were a lot of them were just like, uh, why would you do this, this, that, and the other? We're, we were like taking much more of a positive stance on it. The complete opposite happened once the trailer came out. All mm. of the messages we got from people on our Discord, on our Twitter, and all that was just like, wow, this, this looks really good. This actually looks. It's like I'm really looking forward to this show now. Like the Discord, our, our Undercon Station Discord is palpable with with excitement for for this show to air. That I mean, fills me with <laughs> it, it just it, like it was, it was making me emotional a bit like reading the tweets last night because um, I wanted I wanted to be right for the fans um, and I wanted to be right for new fans. I want people to fall in love with Games Master the way that we all fell in love with Games Master back in the nineties. And I wanted to make a show where people didn't feel they had to choose: do I like the original or do I like this one? You can you can like both. I hope people feel, feel that when when they watch it. I mean, I'm saying as a 40-something, you know, obviously we were there, we've seen, I guess, uh, most of the in-person challenges for episode three recorded. And without going into spoilers, there was one game that I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on here. This is not a game for me. I do not understand it. But I was engaged because of the way it was presented. And it's just like, you know what? It doesn't matter that I don't understand this game and that it's completely lost to me. These damn kids with their loud music. (laughs) The presentation and the way it was held together, that engaged me. And I think a lot of people who were negative when this was first announced were basically going, it's going to be Love Island with Candy Crush. (laughs) Yeah, I think that um, I, I believe people want to watch gamers. They want to watch people that are good at games or, or that love games and people people like themselves and so that's what we've done so our, our people coming on the show are either passionate casual gamers streamers experts and when we have celeb guests they're also gamers they're, they're celebs who game 
and there's not a Love Island contestant. I, I, you know, <laughs> sorry if that's a spoiler for, for anyone, but we don't have anyone on from Love Island, I'm afraid. <laughs> I was just wondering, without going too much into the specifics of the as yet unknown titles, how did you go about selecting the games that were going to be featured? Yeah, in terms of the games we feature in the challenges, wanted an eclectic mix, really. Obviously, there's a lot of games that have been with us for a long time. We've got newer versions of classic games. I think I saw a tweet last night in reaction to the promo. It's almost like we're back in the 90s because they spotted Mario, Tekken, Street Fighter. You know, they're spotting a lot of nostalgic feeling games, but they're all obviously the latest versions of those games. They just happen to be really popular titles that have stood the test of time. <laughs> so they're still pretty popular now. But we wanted, you know, a balance of newer games in there as well. So in particular, one that we'll see, which is a really cool challenge is on Deathloop that came out this year. Oh, um, yeah. Lovely. So looking forward to people seeing that. And so we just wanted an eclectic mix, really. And obviously, yeah, VR challenges are in there as well. We don't do VR challenges within the studio, they're within VTs. VTs, for, which is obviously quite a horrible sort of industry word, but the stuff that happens that's not in the studio, <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, we have a lot more of. Uh, the original Games Master didn't do too many sort of VTs like that, but um, we do a lot of things where they sort of get out and experience other aspects of the game world and look at different things from the game world, which is, yeah, a fun sort of addition to the show. Assuming that everything goes well, where would you like Games Master to go next? Say this leads to a series two or nine, depending on which continuity <laughs> you're following. Uh, I found it very frustrating if anyone calls this series one. I mean, like, it's not series one. That's that's rude. I'm so yeah. glad you said that because we've been calling it series eight and like all of our episodes are titled series A. And I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't say if anyone calls this series A, it's bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, we've not been calling it series one or eight really i'll just if anyone says series one i've gone no no not really um <laughs> i have corrected it i guess uh, we'll have to see how well it goes down because as you say you know we, we don't know yet whether the the true appetite broadly will be there you know so it, it, it's, this may be just a sort of a, a joyful little moment you know that comes and goes or it might lead to games master coming back on a more regular basis which obviously i hope is the latter in terms of setting, it's it's almost it's such a beautiful place. Like the power station is so awesome. I feel sad that that series can only be three episodes. You know, in in terms of oh, now we have to reinvent it again already. Given you know some of the original series, like innumerable amount of episodes, so it feels like three is um, almost like a glorified pilot. So maybe people wouldn't mind if we go back to the power station again, um, if they, certainly if they like it. But I just like to see it come back for. People that love the original and with a new generation who can fall in love with the way that we did the original. That's what I hope, because I think we're missing things like this on telly. I don't think you see many truly original, uh, unusual, quirky shows that surprise you like we did in the 90s. The 90s was quite a wild time, particularly on Channel 4. And I think we could do with some of that anarchy back again. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Keen, for taking the time out to speak with us today. It, it's an absolute uh, pleasure to, to have you on the show. We're, we're really excited for it. I suppose I'll now give the floor to you to, to plug away. Yes, uh, so you'll be able to watch first episode from Sunday the 21st of November on YouTube before it then launches on E4 on Wednesday the 24th. Those that like to watch things online will get it a little earlier on Sunday the 21st and then the more old school People amongst us like their telly on a proper telly. Watch it on uh, E4 on Wednesday 24th at uh, 10pm. Or if they're nerds like us, they'll just watch both of them. 
as Rab points out uh, at some point quite eloquently, when you're watching this on your television, you say, well, actually, look, who are we kidding? You're watching this when you're sat on the toilet on your phone. <laughs> Thank you so much to Kian for coming onto the show. It's an absolute pleasure to chat with him, which means next week is going to be our review of episode one of series eight, which is incredibly exciting. Now, as you'll already have noticed, we have shifted release dates. So the free feed update day going forward will be Wednesdays, probably until the new year when we slip back into the normal rhythm of things for series five. And for Patreons at £5 or above, you will just get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. As I'm sure you can understand, we're basically watching on Sunday, recording on a Monday, and then editing as quickly as possible. It's yeah. uh, it's going to be an intense old time, Luke, but I'm looking forward to it. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So you can get those episodes slightly early, but still ad-free at patreon.com forward slash under console pod. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at under console pod and on Instagram at under dot console. And Ash, hey, we've also got a Discord, which is going to be a very fun place to be with the new series out. Absolutely. It is already bubbling with chatter about the new series, particularly in light of the trailer that dropped last night. We've had new people joining left and right and center. We've had discussions on mince pies beginning because it's after Halloween so we're entering the Christmas season and it's just proving to be a lovely community and I cannot wait to share the experience of a new series of Games Master not only with you but with our under console nation on social media but also most importantly on Discord where we get real-time interaction with them and they get real-time interaction with us. Details on how to join that Discord can be found on our social media and in the show notes. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week on Under Consultation. Take care, everyone. Good night. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.